Hey, hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wherever hello. you are. Hello. hello. How are you? Good. <laughs> you good, just yeah. uh, you just said it's snowy in in uh, in Canada at the moment. Yeah, yeah. We just got dumped on a couple of days ago. Nice. What's the temperature? Is it actually really really cold or? It's not too extreme. I think just below freezing. Oh, okay. yeah. That's nice. That's nice. So yeah. You're, totally so fine. And do you do any any winter sports, snow sports, skiing, or having fun otherwise in the snow? Mm, just some hiking. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> but yeah. Like, intense as I get. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I kind of miss it because we, we have just been getting terrible uk style weather over the last uh, couple of years and snow never stays <laughs> anyway but uh, good 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 um uh let me introduce everybody properly politely um with us today are david kangding ray joining us from berlin right yeah that's cool right. nice to see you man how are you nice to see you too yeah i'm good <laughs> excellent yeah and uh, of course, Christina and Rich uh, from Orfex joining us from Canada. And um, you're both in different spaces, but you're actually quite close to each other, right? Yeah. 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 Just about 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. <coughs> okay. 20 minutes. Okay. That's uh, that's cool. Around uh, sort of near Hamilton, I understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you both have your own space. Looks like you have your own your own working space. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we we live separately, and we each have a basement studio. Okay, so. and when you when you work together, you do you work from a distance, or you do you always uh, work together uh, from either of your locations? We'll get together usually at Christie's uh, studio, um, and then send stuff back and forth as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. kind of a combo, but yeah, it's right. better to be together in the same space, but. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> A thousand details. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but um, because we're in the same bubble, we can we can still do stuff at the moment together. Right. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, <clears throat> I've I've done loads of collaborations and um, work together regularly with uh, certain artists, and I always feel when when you're in the same room, you get get stuff done really quickly and and uh the it's so much more time consuming when you are sending stuff back and forth afterwards yeah. how does it work with you is that is it um uh, do you work finish stuff on your own easily or would you rather be in the same place to to get We'd stuff rather be in the same done? place i mean these days usually we will start with like a uh, an improvised recording that we do together and then edit from there. Um, it it kind of depends on the project, though. Like some things will will be sending back and forth, but yeah, the preference is definitely to to have the foundation, something that we build together in the same space. Yeah, and like you said, it's um, a lot faster when you're together in the same space. Otherwise, you get kind of nitpicky or you get fixated on one idea rather than just like working with things and letting chance things happen so 
Yeah, and it's about the energy as More well. Fun. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, being with somebody in a room, like uh, seeing another person, sort of moving to whatever is going on, and ha have the, the real time feedback and and sort of uh, eye contact, and you don't even have to speak to each other. I mean, mm. <laughs> I don't know how how that is with you guys, but yeah. um, many many collaborations they they happen without ever exchanging a word. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were lucky to get to uh, visit David's studio. Uh, I think once, at least, anyway, once or twice when yeah. we were in Berlin, and in Berlin. super fun. <laughs> yeah, get to good, yeah, good times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, easier times, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was a really nice session. Actually, I have a really fond memories of it. Yeah, is it something that uh, got released or came out? No. no, just a fun oh, jam. Just, we, were just, we were just playing around. Yeah. Just, uh, just playing around, yeah. yeah. Listening, uh, experimenting, yeah. you know. Gear. Yeah, trying out gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. That led to me getting a, an analog rhythm after yeah. playing with yours. Yeah. 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 I, should, yeah. I, should, well, uh, I should get percentage from Electron, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I never, never, I didn't uh, even have a artist discount or anything, so it's not fair. <laughs> well, this is the place to uh, to make them aware of it, you know. Hey, Electron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like this uh, this kind of uh, like easy um, going session, like we did, like where it was just about the fun because uh, you know, I mean. Uh, when you play guitar or something like a lot of t a lot of time or you play any instrument for that matter when you you you're not necessarily playing this uh at at one moment to to do a track or a record uh, something you know sometimes you just play guitar just because it feels good yeah you know so i really love also these moments where actually it's not focused it's not for doing something it's not efficient but it's just about you know, simply just noodling around and like no pressure, time, no pressure. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's really precious. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I actually this this whole project that I, I've been doing for the last couple of years um, is all based around that idea. You know, I've got this this space where which is big enough to invite people and to yeah. um, just have fun. You know, uh, and um, actually it is. It's not really my mission, but it's a, a really one of the well, part of the project here is is to capture those moments, you know, those yeah. moments where you are not really thinking about um, what you want to achieve, but are just noodling around or, uh, you know, you would consider it noodling only yourself, because if, if you would play it to someone else, they would say, wow, this is this. You know, it's actually a quite, yeah. quite nice piece of music, but mm -hmm. but it's maybe not in the in a in a song structure or a final format or anything and um i'm i think that you know you know all musicians who work like this or uh, you know who record a lot have shitloads and shitloads of stuff shelved and and uh, archived yes you know something something <laughs> you may use at some point uh, for some project yeah. you know yeah. But uh, yeah. but i think there are actually really beautiful moments among those recordings and and those trying out sessions and um and uh that's the stuff that i've been releasing on on, on yeah. store you know just yeah. uh, 
those magic moments. You know, if you, we all know that, you know, if you're in the studio, sometimes it doesn't go anywhere and you're just, you know, fucking around and, 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 and then all of a sudden things start to click and, and everything sort of starts working together. Yeah. And even though it doesn't have its final form, it's still a very beautiful moment. And I, I, I think moments like this, uh, also kind of deserve, um, to be heard by others, you know, so. Yeah. No, that, that pretty much describes like the way we work and like, like like, every project I'm involved in, that's, that's the premise is to like, you know, preferably with somebody else improvising and then recording it and then editing out the magic moments as you put it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's kind of it's in my case it's a bit um, uh, there's a, an element of laziness in in it as well, you know. It's like uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I just feel that I'm more pro- productive when I don't really try to push it into uh, too much of a structure in the end, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. where you kind of go so far that you program everything to death, you know, or sort of exactly. uh, remove all the life out of it by making it perfect. And I just yeah. keep it like a raw um diamond or whatever you call it, we'd call it you know just yeah. like a, like the, the the sketch you know usually the sketches or the first takes of everything is is pr- are the ones that that sort of um are the most uh, valuable for me yeah. and uh, um yeah, yeah the raw, but, the raw edges usually add something as well too sometimes you know you go in and you structure everything and you take it apart and refine it and it loses its i don't know that moment after you've gone overworked things. I mean, not yeah. you, I'm just saying in general. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. We all, I often do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I go listen well. back and like, oh, that sounded yeah. good just the way it was. <laughs> yeah. Is that something you, you recognize, uh, David? Because when I listen to your stuff, it all sounds so scientific and yeah. um, programmed and uh, yeah. still very, very powerful and soulful and, and, and emotional. But um, very often um oh you know very very um designed in a way yeah yeah it's true i mean the the thing is that like there's a, there's a lot of discussion about like this sort of like raw direct approach that you know you should work fast and 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 have a sort of a direct output without uh polishing things and so on because that's but um I have a bit of a different uh, view on that. It's like, uh, like I've ne- I don't think I've ever been really uh, dis- disappointing at working more on the track. Uh, to be honest, like I've always, uh, I've uh, a lot of time I've uh, fucked fix- things up or made things sterile again, or I've lost the magic along the way. Yeah. But uh, si- uh, my procedure is I always do like, uh, like incrementations and versions and I name them and, and I make uh, 20 second snippets of, mm. of the version so I can always go back to it so each time if I'm at version 27 then I'll I listen back to and if version 12 was better then then, then that's when the road went <laughs> sideways you know so yeah I'll but do you, do you still are you still able to remember what where is the exactly the 
turn you took because yeah. I, I recognize the pattern because I, I sometimes do incremental versions of things. Uh, but yes. then you change like five things and it might be the, the extra compression or it might be the, you know, the EQ on whatever instrument that kind of fucked it up or took things out of proportion or whatever, you know. So do, yeah. you, do, you, do you trace every? Can you trace everything back then? In, in like easy? usually if I do any major changing, I'll change, I'll increment version. Okay. Like any anything that that's like strong or, or recognizable uh, um, as a change, I will uh, change the the version number. So, so that means so I, like it goes very fast. It's because like, right, right. like tracks of version. So any finished track that we hear from you is like version two hundred seven or uh. no? It's more. It's more like it's more like forty forty five. <laughs> I see why you only render 20 second snippets out of it because otherwise you'll uh, one track yeah. will be like a terabyte uh, yeah. worth of material. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm you know two yeah. years long in the making. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very, it's a very long process. It's like I mean, I admire, I have so much respect for people who can you know jam one afternoon and uh, be happy on it, uh, about it uh, directly and not go not look back on it and just release it. And I know there are some producers out there who do that. And uh, I have uh, an immense respect for people who can do that, like, or who, who have the sort of, the sort of, the, the, this inch, like this confidence of, uh, of, you know, of, I know what of you're like talking about, thinking yeah. like, okay, this is, this is the shit. Like, I won't go back to, to it. Like, you know, it it takes a lot of guts and confidence, and I don't think I I have it. Even after fifteen years of doing music, I just feel like, nah, I I don't think like I'm, uh, I probably like I don't know compensate by just working harder and just to be sure that uh, that is actually really on point. And sometimes version forty five might might be very close to the version three, to be honest. Mm. You know, but wow. uh, because I I often go in circles, you know, and I just add stuff, which is of course not. Uh, so, so in your case, is it is it the, maybe the is it maybe the the thought that you you can get more out of it, yeah, and and then uh, you don't totally. you just just want to make sure totally uh, yeah. you you yeah. have the most yeah. sort of optimal version, yeah, final, absolutely as the final you know, one. Exactly, it's like when I'm. If I have a, like a synth line or a, or a sick uh, bass sequence or something, I'll do like I don't know. I'll do do like fifteen different bass sounds uh, or sound or synth sounds out from that uh, same sequence just to be sure that I have the the, the best one. You know. Yeah, but it's like part of the process of working with it too. Like you just yeah. have to you regardless of whether you're coming back to version three or not. It's like that whole way of working through it that you just like have to do you know yeah. all part of it and it doesn't really matter if you come back to number three because yeah. all exactly. that you learned go on your way to you number 45 so yeah can yeah. maybe do something in another track somewhere else or absolutely you know. yeah and it's also mm. also it um it, i realized that it allows me a lot to um take some distance from all the automatism I have or, or like the, the reflex, you know, like if it's like, like the producer reflex, you know, like, uh, oh, uh, I know how to make this sick uh, kick or synth line, you know, I mean, 
after after 15 years doing that, like I can make pretty much any sound, but there's a lot of that comes from my sort of like habits or reflex. And I fight my reflex all the time. Like I just, I question my reflex. So I, I think like, okay, why did I make this decision? I made this decision probably part of like, part of it is taste, but part of it also is sometimes uh, e the easiest way or the fastest way because I'm lazy. Or, yeah. Can you Can you switch your sort of analytical brain with your sort of intuitive brain um, easily? Like, can you, can you go back and forth between them like that? Like being the sort of um, um, taking the, the position of uh, uh, to, to see everything in perspective and, and yeah. be very close and very, very intuitive at the same time? Or do you yeah. need like different um, daytimes for it? Like, you know, like your creativeness happens in the night and your analytical things happen yeah. in the morning or something like that? Or do you switch easily between them? Well, usually uh, I need uh, I analyze things and like I have the best ideas in the morning uh, and uh, and um, and then and then it becomes like work later on and uh, and uh, I need uh, some some times uh, and I have to go back to it and listen to it and still feel some emotions and be and uh, sometimes also I. I mean, it's all—it's really uh, emotional at the end. It's just the 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 the, the decision process is just whatever moves me, you know. Or mm -hmm. it can be, but move moving doesn't mean like that. It makes me cry. Like it can be also it makes me want to, you know, dance, or it makes me want to just something that where I actually feel something, whatever it is, mm -hmm. whatever feeling that that, that can be. And also the other thing that makes me judge or uh, or make is uh, and that's where also I keep this sort of like pure uh, direct intuitive uh, thing is um, whatever I can remember, you know, because I realize like if I don't remember a track I've done, that means it's probably shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean, remember, mean like, you mean you, you remember the moment the the like, feeling you like, had I mean, when you were you know, working on it you can describe to your friends you know oh that track that where blah blah you know some, something that you can actually describe with words or with that you can remember you can remember the feeling you had or something yeah, that, an means, that means that means there's content in it you know yeah it's yeah. special <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, identity is something that I, I I always value a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, if something uh, is hard to describe, you know, uh, yeah. then it's probably too much of everything and doesn't have a strong single uh, identity. And I think identity is a very important thing in um, yeah. uh, to have to to make a strong statement, basically. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Richard, how what kind of person are you? The analytical person or the hands-on intuitive person? Or a bit of both? I guess a bit of both. I think like I tend to be pretty analytical and maybe especially in the last few years trying to bring out the intuitive side a bit more. So I think that's why I've been gravitating more towards improvisation as the starting point. Because I've certainly done a lot of tracks where it was all built in a DAW, you know, piece by piece, and oh, can I switch up this sound? And really, 
Oh, yeah. I, you you would never say that when 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 you would listen to your music, it sounds all very, um, yeah, sort of raw, um, um, you know, so almost impressionist, sort of very fast and you know yeah. put together. Yeah, I, I've had other people say say that about our stuff, but there's there's definitely certain tracks and maybe they're hard to pick out, but that that were built, especially like say 10, 15 years ago when it was, you know, very much based around. Cubase and the VSTs, and that was all sort of like a new world around you know 2000 or so was when we kind of switched from hardware to software and then later back again. But at that point, you know, everything was kind of built up inside a DAW. Mm. And I guess like, you know, some of it would be kind of, you'd improvise and then record a segment, but it was really a lot of piece by piece structuring and, and, uh, and how you manipulate the sounds too. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I don't think either of us find that really satisfying um, uh, at the moment. Um, it's nice to have the core improvised. I think part of it is just like you can kind of surprise yourself more that way because, <clears throat> especially if you're playing with somebody else, things will happen that you wouldn't necessarily make happen if you're structuring it systematically because. I find, you know, you fall into certain habits. So I'm going to have this sound come out at bar 16 or whatever. Um, whereas if you're, you're playing without much preconception, things will just happen and it's not on at a specific point and, or, or accidents happen. So a piece of gear starts to fuck up and you have to roll with that <laughs> accident. You know? And that's, uh, it's, I like that. I like that kind of spontaneity, but, uh, I'll still definitely go back because I, I do a lot of the, the editing to reach a finished track. I'll still do a lot of systematic work at that point because there'll be the, the improvised core and then building stuff around that an extra layer of percussion or some additional sounds. And then I can get, then I can indulge the, the analytic, you know, mm. you know, yeah. very detailed kind of work that I still do in, enjoy doing, but. Yeah, I like, I like more shaping a, a piece that has some energy in it that kind of came off the floor mm-hmm. and then, kind of, okay, shape around that rather than building from the ground up system, mm-hmm. I guess. But, I mean, I think both both ways can create, create great results. It's just what you kind of enjoy, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So so how, how would that process work? Um, um, you, you improvise with um, like a small... Uh, controllable uh, kit or, or, or setup or something, and then you uh, do you then multi-track everything and and just just keep going until you think okay now I've got some ideas down, mm. um, and and then go back and and sort of refine them or pick yeah, out the, like, the, the nice bits or whatever. Yeah, that's basically it. Like um, if I'm just working here by myself, then I'll just improvise with a few pieces of gear and record that, and then and then build from there. Or if it's Christy and I working together, then yeah, we'll we'll record something at her place um, onto her her equipment, and then she'll bounce the files over to me, and then I can edit from there and then send back to her. That's usually yeah. So so when you work together, do you have um, uh, roles or something, or does can each person do anything at any point? What what is the what is the sort of role taking <laughs> in your in your collaboration 
Well, when we're um, just when we're recording in the studio, it's kind of anything. So we just have everything out, and either of us can be working on like a synth sound or rhythms or whatever. But when we're playing live, um, normally Rich is um, doing most of the percussive um, stuff, um, and then. Mine is mostly like bass sounds or melodic or, but I don't know. That's not really true either. Sometimes there's <laughs> crossovers and percussion and I don't know. But it's a rough, generally, rough roughly, roughly yeah. for the live stuff in order so that we don't walk on each other because when yeah. we're playing, we're improvising a lot of stuff. Hmm. So just so that we have, we just discovered it's better if we have some kind of parameters and then, we're not both doing the same thing. Yeah, like a function in the band, but not necessarily uh, restricted, but still like kind of defined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. when we're in the studio, um, like often we're back and forth, or maybe I'm making a sound on modular, and Rich is like, "Oh yeah, let's make it like this," and then he'll come in and play around with it, and um, yeah, or yeah, vice versa. So. Yeah, so it's more fun that way. And then we, like Rich said, then you come up with more accidents as well too, or we yeah. do something different because, mm. you know, he might have a certain way of doing percussion, and then if I set that up, I start to do something different, or I do something wrong, but then maybe it sounds kind of interesting, or you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Or, yeah. Do you? What, what funny thing to? I'm curious about this. You know, um, do you both get? Um, uh, like the magic moment feeling at the same time or does is it happening sometimes that one of you hears something in whatever noodling is going on and says okay stop this is what we this is what we can use or something like that because i feel a lot with a lot of collaborations you know you get you always get you always get these moments where you are kind of tuning things and and trying to find how things can work together and then all of a sudden there is this thing uh, which can be a different moment for a different person where you say, hey, this is something, this is an idea, like a, so, like, in a way, someone sort of like your radar detects something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you have the same radar or do you get these moments individually in, in, on different different moments? How, how does it work with you? Uh, Rich, do you want to? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Though? Yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like we that happens more simultaneously in a live context. Um, but playing around the studio, um, I think it, 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 that seems to differ more. Like someone might get more excited about something that's happening than the other in this, in the studio kind of context. Um, but. Yeah. And then one of us will pick us, pick it out and be like, Oh no, that's really cool. And yeah. you know, the other person's like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And then, <laughs> but then you start working on it more and you're like, okay, yeah, I can hear where you're going. And then that's where you get something different because like Rich said, sometimes, you know, you have a certain way of working. And so maybe the sound isn't the, what you're used to doing. It's something totally different, but you don't quite hear where it's going yet. Whereas the other person might, here oh yeah that's got something interesting happening and that's what i really like about working with someone else yeah. because often you can get caught up in your own thing and maybe you don't hear those magic bits right away and you need someone else to kind of point it out and go hey yeah actually that's yeah, really exactly. cool right like, there 
Yeah, like, or if you're too self-critical, like David, I think maybe you were saying you're a bit a little critical on things sometimes. It sounded yeah. like, but <laughs> sorry, uh, okay, my, I cut you off. <laughs> No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, when when you're working together, you know, you can, you can if there is any conversation at all, sometimes it's like, uh, wow, that's way too bassy. And then the other goes like, um, oh, I was actually liking that a lot, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so, I don't know. So, well, one, one thing I want to ask um, uh, David is, uh, since you are more sort of like um, doing incremental updates and, and uh, searching for the perfect sort of Co uh, coherence in 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 your productions um do you ever feel like you are uh having moments where you are just fooling around and stumbling upon an idea instead of thinking things out in advance or well it's uh almost always the case i guess uh, it's All like right. uh like i just um i often have the feeling that i don't i just follow where the tracks want me to to go you know it's not like it's not in reverse just like i'm not forcing the track to uh to uh, uh to fit my vision because i don't have um, i have rarely a preconceived vision of where it's going to go you know it's almost mm -hmm. like i i uh invent systems whether it's on modular or on other machines whatever it is i invent uh, uh procedures so I think uh, before, and uh, the procedure will lead me to uh, to uh, to go somewhere, and uh, I'm just following the track where where the track wants to go. Okay, yeah. there's a question. Yeah, yeah question for you uh, uh, from Ben R. Um, what do you look for in a patch when you are preparing for live performances in terms of versatility of the sound? Is something you can um, explain about that? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, using modular in a live environment is a, is a very strange decision first. So it's like you have to acknowledge that it's, uh, it's probably the less e efficient way of producing a sound uh, on stage. So, um, um, so I think a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, problems uh, can be solved by uh, by seeing uh, what can go wrong in a, uh, in, a, in advance on modular and that's that's my main focus actually um, much more than versatility because the question was about versatility is uh, much uh, I, I try to um, uh, build systems that can be replicated and that I know uh, from start to finish and that I, I, I know they will be, I know it will work because, I mean, we all know that with uh, modular that you have a patch and suddenly there's just one cable, you know, you just, that <laughs> went out on the, in the plane and then you arrive on Every stage time. and then you, you, you're, you know, you did, you, didn't remember that at soundcheck you had to take out something and then you come on stage and there's nothing coming out you know so it's just like it's the worst nightmare mm -hmm. so i always try to find a balance between uh what is uh what is like unpredictable and what is really predictable and there um i uh, i always have like uh 
machines that will, you know, that make me confident that they will always work and that at least something is coming out of the speaker. And then the modular is uh, adding uh, the unexpected or the magic to it. Mm. You know, I mean, I, uh, there are my, um, uh, I have this project called Neon Chambers with James uh, Saya. Saya. And uh, he, he has a totally different approach. Uh, uh, I think in his own uh, live, uh, modular live, he's, he's full on modular. So you just come and it will be all about this and so on. But like, I think he's a, he, he's, uh, he's much more courageous than me <laughs> when it comes to that matter. You know, like I don't, I, I would, I would be terrified if I only had this. Yeah. But don't you think there should be some element of danger in in a live show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that 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 element is fifty percent for me. Right. <laughs> Not hundred. Yeah, you you want to have something that you can rely on yeah, and yeah. to leave open also, to. Also, a moment. because I don't, you know, I mean, I know there is this this app, this there is this romantic idea that. You should just come on, sta on stage with your machine and have nothing prepared and be a genius. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's this, this attempt of this. Uh, uh, but um, I used to be a guitarist in a rock band, and uh, we used to we used to like rehearse the fuck out of the, all the songs. You know, like like we knew all the songs by heart, like not one note. You know, I mean. Until you, and then we went on stage. Like, I mean, it would, weren't, unless you're a, a genius, like jazz guitar player and you can just come, go on stage and just improvise or you're Prince or something, and then, then, then it's fine. But um, for any other people, normal people, uh, I think it's absolutely fine to rehearse. Uh, be very uh, prepared and know exactly what you're going to do to pr present the best show uh, you can uh, you can do or you can play for the people who have paid their tickets to come mm. and see you. You know, I think that's that's totally fair and uh, that's actually very respectful. Well, at least that's my point of view. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I d I don't mind the bit of danger and the bit of um, uh, chance to fail. You know, I think yeah. that's part of the th part of the uh part of the game and it keeps yeah. it, it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you uh sharp i guess yeah and um it is also if if that's what you are doing that's also something that that you can feel in the energy of the room you know if people see a prepared live show which is too perfectly prepared you know it it tends to be flat and and uh yeah. not so exciting so there, yeah. there always needs to be some element of absolutely improvisation and and danger even you know in it there needs uh, to be in a, this but uh yeah yeah you have to find the right balance you have to find the right yeah that's what i've been missing the most over the past year is that room filled with people oh yeah don't start <laughs> <laughs> no don't start with but, that. but that energy you know and yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. I miss that a lot as well. Mm. Uh, looks like there's a question. <laughs> yeah, from uh, a thousand details, our friend Gustavo from Portugal. Mm -hmm. Question for you guys, uh, Rich and Christina: Are you still giving classes today? Uh, I just started doing like online lessons, but um, 
just with one person at the moment. So it's it's very uh, first steps. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so you do like one on one sort of coaching or yeah. technical technical classes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, more for me, I'm I've been mostly just in the studio, um, and uh, I'm a painter, so I'm in my painting studio as well. Um, I used to teach at the university, but um, I'm not doing that, thankfully, because it would be a nightmare right now. So, <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, I guess yeah. is for both of us. Eh? Students yeah. interested. Yeah, Christy used to do um, uh, classes on music production, um, so she's had quite a bit of experience with that. Um, yeah, and. That I, I'm not sure um, if he was asking if um, our non-music students, yeah, I think like so. my art students, know about our music. Yeah, sometimes I have a student come up and say, hey, I just realized that uh, I have one of your records. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of funny. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know um, the last couple of years um, I've just been focusing on uh, well, gigging. yeah, like I, I was the guy uh, with was no shirt in, in, in front in front of yeah. the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So no teaching. Okay. Well, I, actually, um, David was mentioning something earlier, which uh, kind of uh, triggered my interest because you say you start. Uh, you often start your studio sessions with designing a system, and that's actually something I do as well. You know. It's um, it's something that is sort of like a mental exercise um, yeah. that can happen everywhere, you know, like walking the dog or something. Exactly. Uh, what you know, it's like the question is always what what if I would, you know, dot dot dot, you know, you know, connect this to this and you know make the chain like this and this, and then I have kind of all this pre fun in my head. What could happen? And of course, it never really happens like that. But it's like a a starting point, like a. Um, yeah, really fun to think about, you know, how how you can uh, challenge yourself or make some make like a, a connection or a chain of stuff that you haven't used before to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. And um, um, yeah, if, I mean, sometimes people ask, you know, uh, what happens if you don't have inspiration in, in the studio? But, you know, yeah, that really doesn't happen <laughs> very often, you know, because there's always the, 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 this sort of, um, system design thing you can yeah. you can use as a trick you know you can just uh, connect a bunch of stuff and and then just ask yourself what's going to happen so that's that's something that, that you use as well as a starting point yeah totally i mean that's awesome. that's what really that's why uh, over the years i just uh, basically just sold all my uh, vintage uh, synthesizer to buy either modular or drum machines because they are the the machines, uh, I mean, especially with uh, modular, I found that I can just go to the supermarket and just think about a patch and almost hear it, you know, like, as you say, this mental exercise. And um, I can, and I'm thinking like, oh, what if I would do this, but then I would approach it uh, with that thing, you know, or I would feed something which is not meant uh, to be inside. I'll, what if, you know? Mm. And then I, um, 
and also like I I realized like in terms of sequencing, for example, it's just like it's uh, it's very liberating to and very well, it's also a, a sort of humble approach uh, to uh, to just um, to just like uh, design like systems or or uh, procedures and then apply the, apply them instead of uh, pretending to compose. You know, it's like it comes it comes in uh, it comes like from this sort of like history of electronic music. You know, like I don't know back from uh, like John Cage or Stockhausen or things like that. And which I, I mean, I think they they always like try to like uh, sort of um, take away the 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 the, the old like. Uh, composer idea, you know, the, the the sort of romantic idea of, of the composer who writes something who has the 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 inspiration and just write music like this, like like if he would as if you would write poetry. Whereas when you start to um, design like procedures, it just uh, it almost like the music becomes like almost bigger than you, you know, somehow, you know, like it's just like the the re you're just following the results of mm -hmm. of the seeds you've you've planted yeah that's a good way to put it i yeah. find i find i find this <clears throat> find this liberating but also very a very humble approach very uh, beautiful actually you know you just plant seeds and just you just watch them grow and uh that's you know when you just say that's your music it's just it's a very beautiful idea, I think. That's really, that's really well put. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is um, it is procedures, but I, I think it's also circumstances. You know, it's like um, uh, I I often describe it to myself or other people as um, the best way to get creative stuff happening is to create circumstances in which stuff can happen. Right. You know, so you set up the parameters, which is which can be gear, yeah. but it can also be location or yeah. listening position or, sure. um, you know, uh, I don't know any any factor that is that can be of influence of of uh, what comes out. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's it's it can be a system, but it can it can be a, a yeah process or I don't know just anything really, just uh, volume even. You know, like loudness of what, how you how loud you play something. It can all be yeah. something that is. Uh, making you uh, decide different things at different moments, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, changing the circumstances or or designing circumstances uh, can be a major factor in in what you end up doing, which is a lot of fun to play around with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any of these studio tricks or starting point uh, routines, um, Christina or Rich, in your work? Um. I work much the same way with trying to, I have a certain idea in my head about maybe a certain kind of sound I want to try and make. And I'll, um, yeah, so it'll start off like that, but often never really ends up or it gets sidetracked along the way, you know, yeah. and it develops into something else. And you're like, okay, I'll come back to that later. But now I've got this thing mm -hmm. that just kind of came out of the process of trying to get something else. Um, or mixing things together that maybe I wouldn't normally do. Rich and I have recently been um, making some tracks with um, 
uh, the drum machine. Uh, I borrowed a friend's 808 and put it through some different modules. Um, and it was making these kind of crazy sounds that we then kind of took and then took apart and turned into something else. And so sometimes those things just unravel and, um, yeah, so quite, I really like the seed idea. <laughs> because yeah, that was a beautiful uh, way to describe it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Rich, you're, you're similar too, right? Yeah, pretty similar. But I was just thinking as David was speaking that, um, especially this last year with all the uncertainty and uh, I, f I find sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just don't want to still feel like creating anything. I just don't feel inspiration, but um, th thinking this way of kind of like not foregrounding like your concept as like, you know, the composer it is liberating. It can help with that kind of mindset of just like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't have a great idea right now. I don't have a, a vision at this moment mm. well i can still turn on the modular system and like oh what if i just run this into this and and just just play yeah without this kind of concept or okay what project is this for and you know that sort of thing and um i don't know just as you were speaking david i was like yeah i could use a bit more of that <laughs> you know i definitely find myself doing that you know just kind of meandering around and playing and record the results but um yeah it, it's just it's just helpful to kind of yeah get out of, get out of your own way yeah you know? well that's i mean yeah i'm happy that can uh help because i've i i uh um it's just like things that i've uh, uh encountered encountered uh, along the way and i don't think i've uh always thought uh, like that you know i think uh earlier on or um before i um it was a process, you know, like I, I think I realized that I need to let go on the composer side of thing to make, to make, uh, uh, to advance and, and, and make my music, uh, more interesting, uh, or, or, or still, um, exciting to me actually. And a lot, of, a lot has to do with, uh, actually finding, uh, humility in the, in the, in the in the procedure you know letting go on things of of like or even letting go on your own education or what you think is uh is uh is good or bad you know like i don't know like you're always questioning even things like taste or 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 uh, or or the, or your your really like deep education or your your culture almost. I think it involves a, a lot of work on uh, on yourself to just let go and then like just um, um, have a have a much more pure approach to that. I think mm -hmm. I don't think I'm there yet. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't pretend to <laughs> to have all the 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 answers. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like that. It's just that I f I think that's 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 the way I want to go for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I guess I guess it's um, um, very helpful if you uh, if you are capable of um, letting go uh, about the idea of what uh, what does this thing that I'm doing now belong to or what is it part of or 
yeah. uh, in what context in context should it exist or something you know if you can let loose of all these things if you can let these things all go um it can be hard because um nobody else it's like sort of almost going to the north pole you know yeah <laughs> many people have gone there before but uh and you don't know yeah. what direction to go because it's yeah. all white you know <laughs> yeah. and there's no mm. reference you know so it's it's sometimes yeah. harder to judge uh where you actually are and how, yeah. how you should value the the thing that you're doing but yeah. it's it's very strong and very actually it's a very uh you, you call it uh, humility but i think it's a uh, also a very confident thing if you can um if you can step back and sort of yeah. let it be what it is you know yeah, and be happy with it. <laughs> and be happy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, are you ever really happy? <laughs> Does any one of us yeah. is at some point like really happy? Or is it like temporarily satisfied? Or like, okay, I'm just tired of working on this. Let's, you know, call it a day. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I, I definitely, you know, there's there's definitely moments where I feel like, okay, this is good. This is like, I'm I'm content with with this yeah for sure yeah and then we listen back a year later it's like oh shit, i could have done this differently and oh, I would have yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah i mean there's there's certain things i listen back and i like i can still appreciate them and then i'm like okay well i guess that one all that one stands <laughs> yeah yeah true i mean you know you know when when yeah. to call when to call it a day and to say okay now it's done uh, move on to the next thing right because yeah. Uh, it's the only way to get anything done at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were talking about, um, um, you know, studio days when you were just noodling around. Uh, do you ever feel you're wasting time? Because to be honest, I never feel that I'm wasting time in the studio, even if it doesn't end up in any uh, release or uh, project. You know, I, I, I find these moments very valuable, actually, because, the, you know, they 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 can make you go into territories where you haven't gone before, or they, you know, you basically all just gather information or you, you gather knowledge about a certain type of gear or process or whatever. So, do you ever feel you're wasting your time in the studio or is it always valuable in some way? Um, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead, Christy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say like, um, I spend hours and hours just noodling in the studio and, you know, a lot of days I'll be just really happy with doing that and you just have so much fun, but it's when maybe there's the pressure that we have to have something put out that then I get more stressed out about my obsessive noodling. And like, you know, I have this like backlog, like you were, I think, well, Kim, you were saying you have this like backlog of sounds and um, that you have, that you've made or that you have in the studio, like just you say you find the magic moments and you're releasing some of these, but yeah, I have like just files and files and files of all these things. And sometimes when there's the stress of having to have something out, then yeah, I'm like, Oh, I, I have fun <laughs> playing, but like we have to have something done and I don't have anything done. And like, I find that really stressful. And then I'm like, Oh, I, you know, why did I spend five hours like noodling on that one sound? <laughs> But then, like, yeah, inevitably, okay. like, a month later or, like, a few weeks later when that other stress has gone back away and you come back to that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's really great. That can be used for something. Or Rich will listen to it. And he's like, oh, I really like that thing. So, yeah. ultimately, it's not, like, a waste of time. But yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes in the moment I can be, 
a bit regretful of <laughs> if there's some pressure, you know. It could be a nice title for a track, Noodling Guilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Noodling Guilt, yeah, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> Rich, what were you going to say? I, I uh, cut it um, off. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't usually feel like I've wasted my time. I, I just found lately the last the last year, it's just like actually getting started, like turning things on some days. I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't know. The spark's not there, but uh, it's definitely coming back in the last few months. Oh, you mean about COVID stuff, like just in the yeah, past? Just, yeah, just being locked yeah. down and then like, yeah, not the, the lack of shows and the, yeah. the lack of a horizon when this ends and all, all of that. I just find, yeah, there's definitely days where I'm just like not turning anything on or not picked up an instrument because I just don't, I don't feel the spark there. But, and and maybe also what we were talking about earlier with the, the David was talking about that kind of like, you know, the, the pressure that you might put on yourself to be like, oh, I don't, I don't have an idea as the creator. Where's my idea? And, the, and that, that can kind of get in the way. Whereas if you simply just turn on the machines and then see where they go and you come along, that's a different, different idea. So. I've definitely found like the last year to be extremely hard with like, the same thing that Rich was saying, just with the lack of uh, interaction with people and shows, like I find the, this is really nice, this kind of backstage conversation we're having here, but yeah. like that kind of thing, like it's always an inspiration and you get ideas or you're in a place, you're visiting a, a new place and there's something about the sounds in that place or the an experience there that then kind of like triggers a starting point or an idea or something. And, and I think maybe Rich, that's, Kind of some we're miss both missing that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come on the on the the remote jam, and we'll do a jam like a remote jam. <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> I, I'm afraid. I mean, it's it's one thing. I mean, it it has really really helped me, um, you know, uh, re retaining that, that those moments, you know, and and having yeah. interaction with other musicians, and it's um. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, luckily, uh, my location is such that I can invite people here still, yeah. you know. Oh, you're still allowed to have people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we do, we do all the, the uh, everything COVID proof, you know, so there we can stay, you know, with on distance with each other and, and, and stuff mm. like that. So, so we, we, we do it like uh, in a safe way, but um, the, the space is large enough to have, uh, have a collaborator over for sure. Yeah. And, um, and then the the remote ones uh, can be done over the internet, so it can be with people from any location, which is one hundred percent COVID proof, I guess. Yeah. So you know, it's um, uh, but it's been a lot of um, giving everyone involved a lot of um, sort of mental food, you know, like um, yeah. it's just uh, the, the joy of of having uh, interact with other people. Uh, I always had working with the sink then, like I've no, I've always uh, asked me. Like, uh, how oh, do you yeah. manage to get in sync? We've, we've been explaining it on several other uh, podcasts. And actually, uh, we're going on our Discord server. We're going to put more and more information about okay. this out there because <laughs> I really want to encourage people to, to try it as well. It's not like, yeah, because it's, um, uh, yeah, if you have like a band member or a friend, uh, you, you know, or somebody you work with uh, regularly on, on on live shows and stuff. Yeah, how do they sing? That's mm -hmm. the most asked question. I mean, you know, yeah. 
we were doing this, you know, just because we want to make music together. And and then uh, you don't get comments on the music, but how do they think? That's all I, <laughs> all I talk about. No, but seriously, it's uh, it's um, um, basically there are several ways of doing it, but the the key thing is uh, dealing with the audio latency over the internet, right? So right. because syncing uh, is not really the issue. That's what everybody breaks their head over. And the syncing part is just uh, old school DJ skills, you know, just syncing okay. by hand, yeah. you know, you're yeah. nudging a clock until you're, you're in sync. Clock. Okay. Ooh, we yeah. lost David. Uh, sorry, we lost... Um, Rich. Just, just Rich. Rich. Hey, Rich. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, he'll, he'll show up, I hope, again. Yeah, hopefully he'll come back. Uh, oh, here, here oh. is. Okay. Oh. Oh. Hey, oh, there you are. Hey. <laughs> Just switching corners. Oh. Uh, I was I was enjoying my new corner. Oh well. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, so yes, it's not it's not the syncing. The syncing is just um, uh, manually, you know. And okay. Any, okay. anybody who has uh, some yeah. has a nudge feature feature uh, can do it, you know. Like Ableton has it, or the Octatrack, or whatever. You can just nudge the. Once it's in sync, it stays there for like ten minutes, and you just have to nudge it. Just now and okay. then, you know, and a little bit of friction isn't isn't bother bothering me anyway. Um, uh, but the latency is dealt with um, through uh, uh, there's a, there's this thing called Ninjam, which is um, there's a compatible plugin uh, which runs as a VST, but you can also use the the original one, which is part of uh, Reaper, and basically it deals with the audio latency by delaying the signal on each side with a musical interval. So you're always two bars behind the other. Okay. You, you hear yourself in real time. So you're, you hear yourself, you know, playing as you would normally play, you know, because you hear yourself from your own location in your own time, but you hear what the other one's doing two bars later and vice versa. So both people hear themselves in real time, but whatever the other person is doing is coming in two bars okay. later. And it's fine, you know. Yeah, Once you are, especially if you do like more sort of slower evolving stuff and, and um, um, you know, just improvisation, like with modulars, it works perfectly because you're always yeah. sort of sliding from one scene into the other anyway. Um, and that's how it works. So it's easy. Cool. It's just, you just hook up and you just run your DAW and uh, you can have multiple audio uh, tracks, you know, from like, like, multi-tracks into your door because the the plugin is going to be on the master so that sends a stereo signal to the other person nice. uh, and uh, and vice versa so you can use your regular hardware setup and just say okay we're in you're we're at like i don't know 135 bpm or 120 or whatever and uh, press start and go that's that's how it works it's fairly easily Nice, uh, but yeah, I mean, if people want to find out, uh, we're going to publish more about it. But we've explained it a couple of times already on this uh, on this talk. But if you want to get into the discussion and hear the ins and outs, you just have to go to our Discord server because many people are talking about it and sharing their experiences with this uh, remote jam. Uh, Sander has just put the Discord link in the comments, so have a look there if you want to find out more but anyway this uh, it's cool if you if you're up for it let's do it <laughs> yeah uh hello all from bauke bauke are there any artists that you would like to uh, love to work or jam or collaborate with so who's on your list david <laughs> well i mean um do i have, have a I, for now, I have um, I think uh, enough collaboration in the in the 
in the pipe. Like first, I have the neon chambers with uh, with James Saya, so that's a big project which takes a lot of time. And uh, yeah, we've been touring a lot last year. Uh, uh, in not last year, obviously, but the year before, and preparing now a, a, a new um, record. And I have his uh, other like more post rock project with uh, Barry Burns and Merlin Etore from. Uh, Barry Burns from Mogwai, so it's more like a guitar-based uh, uh, band, like where I actually play guitar and so on. So that's also that's um, those are like the ones I already collaborate and who are who are were let's say on top of my list. So I think I'm pretty much uh, solid <laughs> solid for, for that. I mean, right on, at the top of my head, I would uh, I don't have a, anyone right now where I think. If, First, I would uh, I would go uh, unless maybe those two were here. Uh, <laughs> no, but like we, our dinner been, is going to work out. One of exactly, these days. we've been talking about back. it for 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 a while now, and yeah. uh, so it's uh, it's quite uh, it's 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 it will happen eventually at some point for sure. I would say uh, on the top of my list is Jimi Hendrix. Uh, <laughs> but it, I, I guess it would require another, it would yeah. be very very remote jam kind yeah. of uh, operation I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting on the right uh, plane and <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah do you, you have know. any lists Christina or Rich any people or, or, or are you sorted as well <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd answer in the same way as David I, I just want to uh, continue with the collaborations that we have going um, yeah you know, uh, Michael, uh, Ancient Methods, and Justin Roderick, and uh, and yeah, I have my projects with my friend David uh, Foster, OH, mm -hmm. Rob Rose with our friend Aaron. Um, so that that's enough collaborations at the moment, except yeah. of course Kang Ding Ray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, David. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work this out at some point. You just need to uh, come back to Berlin. Or I need to, uh, yeah, be allowed to go back in North America. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we did um, uh, a little jam with Paula Temple um, yeah. one time in Berlin. That was a lot of fun, and I'd like to hang out with her again. Sometime. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, we did one track with Paula. It never got released. Actually, uh, that's I forgot. Uh, totally forgot about this. Like that's maybe also on the the top of the list, but it uh, it just did happen. It never got released. Actually, so. yeah. it's a banging one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I should ask Paula. I mean, Paula. I'm yeah. The... <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo is dropping Mo. in. Drops Mo out. is here. Hi, Mo. Hi, Mo. Uh, Mo is interested in uh, if you find yourself repeating patches when in front of a modular. Is there a similar approach every time, or is there a, a different patch and every time? Um, I don't know. I'm, I can answer that for myself. Usually, patches live for one, two, three, or four days, but never longer than that. You know, so it's yeah. always. Um, um, you know, the thing is, I never really make that the complex, the, the patches are really not that complex, you know, they are very capable, but um, I just like to um, really explore the range of something, you know, just mm. uh, if you have one system, uh, just make it go from one extreme to the other, 
uh, you know, like because with one simple patch you can you can in theory to span a shitload of range, you know. And I I'm just curious where I can take it, you know, what corners I can push it to. Um, and once I, you know, because it is a limited patch, you know, you you'll find out after a few days and and you sort of get. Um, not really bored with it, but you know, uh, are ready to do other things and move on. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's how I see it. Or you get a new module, and then you oh, have yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shopping, shopping lust. Yeah. <laughs> well, the th- the way I do it is uh, like I realized like um, before I I started to when when my modular started to to get bigger uh, I I. Uh, I had this problem that when you have like too much modules in one cases, then you just like, you don't really know, it loses this sort of uh, instrument cali- quality. Yeah. So then like I just, uh, now I broke my uh, modular into six cases. And um, so, and they all, all, so it's like, instead of being like this gigantic, mm, a uh, huge wall of the module. It's just it's those are they're set up as instruments. So so basically they like just kind of like easel size mm. each, you know, and they're all transportable. So so then I can bring them whenever you know somewhere or um, I, I can even bring them to a friend's place or like to just, uh, so they just, they're just really limited in a way, but uh, that allows me to, to, to go deeper in those systems. And each case is as a purpose of, of like, mm. you know, one will so, be more like, more like a book, book like kind of West Coast synthesis size, style. One will be dedicated to rhythms and stuff like that. Mm. And um, so, so I de- I designed them as instruments, really. Yeah, yeah. Each of them. Yeah, I've done it the same way. I've got um, yeah. uh, a bunch of uh, smaller racks, just one one uh, one row high. You know, like uh, I don't know how yeah. many. I don't know. Is, is it eighty four or something? I don't know. Eighty four, no yeah, or one hundred six, yeah. Yeah, I think I think eighty four, and and they all have a specific function, and I can yeah because it's like a modular modular system you know yeah you can, you can reorder them and and use them in different places in the studio so if i need like a, an fx rack or something i'll just get my fx rack and just put it wherever i need it um yeah it works for me it's easier because i i can never come up with uh, the final ultimate you know uh uh layout for, yeah. for a big case you know it's uh it's it's terrible but do these cases did you design work as self-contained instruments or or do they need like other stuff to work with? No, they're all self-contained. Yeah. Right. And then, I mean, so you would be able to, to drag one to somebody else's studio and, and yeah. use it as an instrument. Right. Okay. Yeah. They're all self-contained, but like some of them need, uh, obviously like, uh, an external sequencer or some f- stuff like that. Right. But like in each of them, I have like, uh, either like, uh, the, uh, endorphin cargo to plug like a USB, uh, like a, either a computer or USB uh, sequencer, or um, I have one which is like a, a normal, like a shared system, make noise kind of thing, and uh, uh, and it has its own sequencer and so on. And uh, some of them don't even have a proper sequencer, but like more like a clock kind of uh, LFSR, uh, you know, um, 
uh, or uh, or Euclidean patterns kind of stuff, you know, and uh, it's enough, and I uh, can bring them uh, uh, on the roof here and um, and just you know uh, really go deep in this limitation, which uh, helps me a lot, I think, to uh, not go crazy on the on the huge wall. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's actually something that comes up all the time in these talks, you know, uh, people uh, with sort of a, a larger than average collection of gear, yeah. <laughs> they, they immediately start to, start to invent ways to limit themselves, you know, yeah. to, to, uh, yeah. to uh, yeah. It's the, the luxury problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I Those both sound like useful ways to work. Mine's always just a, I guess I'm just like having things messy <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> My like painting studio is a giant mess, and the music studio is usually a cluttered mess, and and there's things all over the place. But <laughs> um, well, that's also so, a strategy, actually. Yeah, I guess I don't know. The organization does sound like a good idea, but um, yeah, I I do something like that for live shows. Like I have. Um, it depends on what kind of thing we're doing at the time, but I often have like a, a basic structure case that I build off of. And usually there's like one brain piece and then uh, components. And so I, I really know all the patches. So mm -hmm. then that way, like you were saying earlier, David, if something goes wrong, then like, I don't, it's not uh, such a big deal because like uh, I just will patch them before each show. So I know where everything goes and yeah. I kind of really, really know those patches. And so then I can change them on the fly a lot easier. So you just kind of really know stuff, but yeah. in the studio, yeah, it can kind of be anything. Um, but I do like your ideas. Those are both good ideas for, <laughs> yeah. for structuring I mean a little bit. Uh, yeah, what I found really uh, uh, also kind of liberating is to put them in transportable cases. So I bought uh, I bought like stuff like you know like attaché case or Halliburton case on eBay, really <laughs> cheap, like yeah. really much cheaper than the stuff you can uh, the cases you would the modular the normal modular cases you would buy. You know, so I buy this of of these uh, old like seventies. Uh, attaché or you know like these very sturdy aluminium cases oh I think uh, you showed one of those when yeah, Rick and I visited you really. you showed us yeah and it's very the really, nice way to quarantine the them <laughs> yeah yeah the cheap and uh, it's the cheapest way to buy you know modular uh, to get your modular cases like transportable and 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 sturdy as well so I just you you, you can uh, use like a CV bus or for as power supply or or like a, I also have like a, um, some with uh, with just a platine like a like a, like a bus screwed inside and so on. So you can buy these rails as well. So it's very custom made kind of. Yeah. But, That's a great um, idea. It also yeah. makes it more personal, I guess, more like yeah. your, your own yeah. instrument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. They look, they look pretty cool. I like, I like. Uh, I think uh, the 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 visual aspect as a as in past also important. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's like a guitar. Like I, you know, you wanna 
a nice guitar, a nice instrument, you know, it's just like, it's a, it's, it's an appeal and it's also a joy to uh, play on and uh, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the magic, you know, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. I want to see those cases now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I have some here, but like I, I, I decided not to flex uh, tonight too much to my own. I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> I, I bet if you would start building those commercially, they would sell like crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I had, if I had time, I feel, I mean, actually yeah. now I could have time. Bespoke cases. Bespoke cases. Yeah. Think about it. Mm -hmm. I saw this really long comment uh, oh. from Intendum DJ uh, about modular synthesis, um, how to harness it into something suitable. I mean, let's, let's just use that because, um, yeah, and something uh, practical. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think um, um, that's that's something you you can uh, run into if you if you use modulars um, uh, that you start you know building a system and end up wasting shitloads of time <laughs> on uh, learning curves and finding shit out and and not really getting anything. Or nothing. It, 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 you can, you could, you could argue that it, it's impractical that way. You know, um, what do you think about that? How's that for you? Because you all use yeah, maybe. Uh, how do you do? Like, because uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll let uh, Christina answer about that. Um, yeah, I was a little confused by the question. Um, I think yeah. it's asking how how do you take modular sounds and 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 shape them into into a track because it's oh right so yeah I mean three out of control or out of sync or yeah I don't I don't think that um try, like for me personally I don't I don't I try not to worry too much about that like the sound kind of makes its own place like mm -hmm. you have the you're experimenting maybe and uh, the sound defines where it's going to, to go and how it's going to, to fit in. And then a lot of times, like say for Rich and I, when we're working, um, we'll often go into like, say my backlog of, of experiments and then pick a starting them that sound as a starting point. So we're building on onto that. I don't know if I'm answering that question right. Maybe yeah, but I mean the thing is, it it, it, it it is true that um, if you see a wall like that, you know, with blinking lights and and all these inputs and outputs and and you know patch points and stuff, uh, it is a bit intimidating. Uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, uh -oh. I think I think the strategy there would be, you know, just get one thing, get to know it really well, and and only if you really really need to get another thing, just get another. Oh, know, I see. Next. I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah. Because I otherwise, you'll, uh, if you don't really fully understand what it's doing, uh, well, so you don't really have to know everything, every single function, but st you still have to get, uh, you have to have a strong gra grasp of, of what it's capable of, of doing, right? Because um, it's, I think it's a danger with these days with all these YouTube tutorials and, and so much stuff available that you, uh, if you get stuck for five minutes and you, you know, you reach for the, the buy button on, on something new, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Uh, right. 
getting a new yeah. thing that's not necessarily adding something to your range or vocabulary you know it's 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 just making things even more confusing yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah yeah for sure i mean i, I don't know if that's the question that was the question yeah i i feel like when i first started getting a modular like and particularly trying to work on something that has a rhythmic structure, then I I, would, I was getting a little frustrated until I kind of realized like how I can, you know, get things in sync and what has to be done in or in order to make that happen. That's very different than say in a DAW where you throw in a VST instrument or something and it's kind of locked in um, to a to a grid pattern. And so yeah, you know, maybe if someone's moving from that kind of environment to a modular environment, then they have to kind of get their heads around. Okay, well, how do I you know, get things in sync using gates and and uh, and, and figure that out. Um, yeah, I think it's a system. It's like, what Dave, it's like what David's approach really is, you know, just design your instrument so you know each yeah. element, what it should do, how the system should work, what the signal flow could be, and yeah. then and then just stick to that. And, and uh, I think yeah. that's very important. Yeah. But you could look at it like, I don't know, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be that, I guess like if you're a person who doesn't really fully understand what you have and you can't get any sounds to go then, or you're not getting anything that has some kind of texture that you want to work with and you can't move off of it, then that, yeah, that's a, a big problem. But if you are more open to like, you know, what kind of, like say like, I think about it like a paint palette, like I know what kind of colors I can make and you can mix them together, but I don't need to have something, um, like I guess you need to be open to working with the kind of colors that you have and putting them together in different yeah. ways. And um, I, think, I think this comment, yeah, I don't know. It. yeah, this you know, instruments, whatever it is, synthesizers, modulars, they benefit from having a healthy and long relationship with uh, its player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's an instrument. Yeah. That's that's really what it is. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And also, like just uh, discovering uh, the instruments you've just uh, made. That's why I, I talked about this uh, idea of like limiting them to carefully designed instruments. You know, like in a way, in the modular world, uh, the the closest thing to an instrument are always the the ones that you know that are sort of contained, like the EMS uh, Sinti or the Bukla Easel or this this kind of. Uh, you know, limited but very powerful instrument that were first maybe they cost a fortune. So people, mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like a, it's an engagement. It's like a, you know, it was uh, historically it was a it was a really a real decision to buy this. Yeah. Much like buying any instrument of <laughs> good quality, like a violin would cost. You know. Uh, a fortune as as well. So so the first decision to get it means also that you will take the time uh, to engage with this in, with the instrument and to know every detail and 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 spend time to uh, with uh, and talk with this instrument until you you know get something out of it and it's uh, there's no it's it's not a direct way it's not something you push a button and then you like you have it yeah there's no i mean any any machine that would do that uh, uh, would be a pretty boring machine, you know, like mm -hmm. if it would just be too straight away easy and, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Rela- relationships with instruments. That's an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate. I, I actually have a Cinti and I've had it for a, sh- a long, long time. And I, I actually got it when they were really cheap and people were selling them for nothing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, same for, for most of the vintage ones I've got. Yeah. All, all from the early 90s and there people were just uh, selling yeah. them. The moment where everyone went digital. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, I mean, th- th- I really feel like I have a relationship with um, with those instruments, you know, with the yeah. 2600 or uh, System 100. You know, it's, exactly. it's a machine, it's self-contained, you sit behind it, it demands kind of like this... Uh, uh humility from you you know it's uh it has a size yeah. as well you know it's not like uh small or uh, you know yeah. distant it's it's really um it has a presence you know what i mean it has a it, it almost talks back to you even by yeah. just being there yeah it's inviting to play with and to to have this uh, interaction with mm-hmm. uh, well, do you have any um instruments kind of in that format that you maybe don't use anymore, but that you can't part with because of the nostalgia or like that kind of connection that you have for them that you're just like, Oh, I don't use that, but oh, I just can't sell it. <laughs> Honestly. No. I mean, no? I, still, I still use all of them. Yeah. They're yeah. Such amazing instruments, you know, they are, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm using them all the time, but um, they're, they're on the, like everything here is on shelves. You know, I don't have a fixed configuration. I yeah. just build setups for each project basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I, now and then I just get them out, and when I really feel like I have, I need that nostalgic interaction, or <laughs> you yeah, know, or something and, different. So, yeah, and since I have, have had them for such a long time, um, each new place I move to, uh, they 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 take on a new role because they sound different in a different room, or they they uh, they end up in a different context than where they in bef- they were in before. Mm. So you know, it's like they're. Uh, they keep they keep being useful, inspiring, and and because they were designed so well, you know, they're really well designed yeah. designed instruments. Um, yeah. I don't know if they were lucky shots or, but there's something about them, you know, uh, that um, that make them really uh, worth coming back to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not a collector. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. No, you know, uh, I didn't. I didn't mean that though. Sometimes there's like I don't know. There's you have such a uh, history with something that I don't know, but yeah. obviously you use everything anyway, but yeah, I, I don't know. I have this Mirage uh, sitting here. Uh, old, oh yeah. The old Insonic oh, Mirage. Nice. And um, yeah, Rich and I, when we first started playing together, we, this, uh, the Mirage was a big thing for us, like the, for our sound, but I haven't used it in years, but there's no way that it, it would get sold just because. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know we should probably fire it up, eh, Rich? No, we definitely should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have some kind of a, a modern storage interface, or is it still only relying on your floppy disk? It's uh, a floppy disk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can get old samplers retrofitted now with um, you know SD yeah. cards. stuff. I have oh, a really. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You can you can get like SD cards for Sonic uh, or Akai samplers or any. Yeah, anything. I have I have an old Akai sampler in storage. I can't, you know, I don't. I, okay. It's just like it's it's almost a trauma for me. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's just like my first live uh, back in the days were on that machine, and it was uh, 
Which one is it? Is it the S612 or? The S2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. Yeah, the, the one with the little. Yeah, the, like the 2U rack mount one. My yeah. God. <laughs> but it, it had a it had a eight output card, the one that you know you 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 could have a, a eight output card. So I was outputting on a on a analog mixing board and uh, and uh, it sounded really good, you know. But I had to uh, reload. It had a zip drive. It was on the oh, zip yeah, drive, yeah. and uh, I had to reload in the middle of the set always. So oh yeah. It was a, it was a fun, it was fun. So just like making some noise and just waiting for the zip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and zip zips fuck up so easily, man. Hundred megabytes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were, you had to have backup because they would be fucked. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. A bit, bit of a trauma, to be honest. <laughs> but you can't get rid of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Richard, I, I see um, some guitars behind you. Do you feel you have more intimate relationship with your uh, guitars than your synths, or is it the same? Uh, the same, though. Recently, I've been I've been really into the the guitars and, and working on a project that's like based around the guitar. So um, yeah, there's there's synths lining the wall over here that you can't see, but um, yeah, they've been they've been in my hands a lot. The guitars, lately. And is there a specific instrument you you have like a long lasting relationship with, like or like a romance or something? I'm very fond of the MS Twenty. That's sort of oh, like yeah, that's a, yours. A staple, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite synth that I that I own. Yeah. Oh, oh, question guitar. from Jamaica. Hello, Jamaica. What are your favorite ways to process guitar? into Eurorack or DAW and implement them in your tracks. What, what, yeah, do, I mean, I, I assume you do process guitars, right? So what's, what is, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm more, uh, into pedals and, and some, you know, like plugins. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been more old school in the sense of effects pedals rather than, uh, rather than Eurorack though. That's something I want to, I want to mess around with for sure. But, uh, yeah, at the moment I don't, I don't have any insights in that in that realm. Yeah, more about long chains of pedals. Yeah, so I mean, make do you make them so long that you that that it doesn't even matter whether what what notes you strike or <laughs> what, what instrument of, or if there's a guitar connected at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound like Sometimes. a guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of soundscaping going on for sure. But, uh, yeah, it all depends. Like, uh, depends on the project and the track. Um, yeah, I mean, even with Orphix, guitar is present here and there, uh, even even on some recent stuff. But yeah, often processed to the point where you may not discern that as guitar. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your fascination with uh, with uh, industrial and and uh, sort of unnatural sounding sounds like industrial, gritty, noisy? I don't know. That's almost been, uh, yeah, almost lifelong. Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, ever since teenage years, like kind of moving from, you know, say Depeche Mode New Order to like Skinny Puppy, like that was sort of like the, the gateway into, into industrial music was that band. Um, uh, TG. Throbbing Gristle later. Yeah. I mean, I, f I feel like my I was always looking for kind of darker sounds, like even in 
like I, I got obsessed with the band Yellow when I was like 12 and, and they're especially the more kind of soundscape elements and, and the darker atmospheres and then finding that in, in Depeche Mode and others. And then, and then Puppy opening the door to this whole world. And uh, I don't know what it is. It's just that had this kind of like intensity and. Uh, did you, did you always. Thematically that I was just like, Oh, this is, this speaks to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can totally can relate because I had the same, you know. I, but I only found out afterwards that the sounds that I was into all the, all those years before were actually electronic or synthesized or uh, coming yeah. from uh, those sources. And by you know, I, I had no idea. You know, I was just fascinated by the sound. Yeah, it's but actually I, a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, at some point I just, you know, I don't know when exactly the that moment happened, but at some point you realize, fuck, I can do this myself, you know. <laughs> this is how it's done, and and uh, that's that's yeah. incredible. It's very powerful. But um, but even before I realized, it was always, uh, I was never into vocals or into, uh, well, not yeah, well maybe in vocals, but not lyrics, you know. I, I I didn't listen to songs. For example, Depeche Mode has lyrics in it. It's it's all amazing, but mm-hmm. I was really captured. What captured my imagination was the sound, you know, mm-hmm. like this otherworldly um, thing that you sort of, uh, it's a sort of like a mystery. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? You know, what is this mm-hmm. space? What is this uh, environment? You know, yeah, really fascinating. Yeah. And just like, um, I'm kind of just thinking back to those days of <clears throat> discovering the music and then, you know, realizing that, okay, there was a genre called industrial you know, and, and stretching back into the 70s and um, finding the industrial culture handbook from research publications, which tied the music to broader themes, right? Like to, to, to social issues, to political issues. Uh, I just found that totally fascinating that the, the music wasn't just purely about the music, which in itself was mind-blowing and powerful and kind of took you over but that there was ideas associated with it too that were like intriguing or sometimes disturbing. And I just, I just got totally hooked with, with that and uh, yeah. it hasn't stopped. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And just, and then, and then, and then seeing the connections from that music to synth pop and to, um, you know, Krautrock and Cosmish, uh, that the seventies stuff that predated it and, and back to Stockhausen and, you can go in so many directions from that point. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it just became a great way of kind of exploring music from there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, disturbing is a word that um, that is interesting in a musical context because what is disturbing to one person might not be disturbing to another. You know, <laughs> if you yeah. if you, I mean, is is disturbing music actually really disturbing? I've always asked myself the question. You know, I mean. Um, uh, I can listen to stuff easily and actually enjoy uh, music that other people would describe as disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I was just talking more about the the experience of of finding something that at that point in time was disturbing, or I wasn't sure what to make of it. Like you know, the, the, say the the imagery used by SPK or, or one of those old school groups that was, or even Skinny Puppy that was really creating this atmosphere for you that was not necessarily a, a comfortable one. Um, <laughs> and even today to view some of that stuff, it, it's definitely, uh, 
uh, it's definitely challenging. It's, 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 it's powerful. And, um, yeah, that just, that was inspiring at that moment to, to discover that world. Mm. So do you spend a lot of time on the sound design or is it something that, that just happens because that's just the way you work or do you really carefully craft, uh, sounds and stuff? Yeah, I think, I think we both do. I mean, I think we both spend time making sounds separately, um, uh, that, that then would be used when we, when we play together. Um, or we might, or it's like we were all talking about having these archives of, of sounds. So we're always contributing to those archives and then drawing on stuff from them to put into a track. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love sound design. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. We both put a lot of time into that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think there's like a fascination and excitement in creating the sound. Like, yeah, just the act of creating it, and that's why the modular is so much fun because you can start with this. Oops, sorry. <laughs> this like single tone, and then turn it into something crazy that stretches and changes over time. I mean, it's just. Um, it's addictive being able to just, there's so many different ways you can process and create something. And um, yeah, it's just endless. And I think that's the fascination with that. And, um, for me, I like, I'm really fascinated with patterns and like that process. So mm -hmm. that's, I also find that. Um, and that's what I liked about the industrial music as well to because the sounds were so like um, unexpected or um, not like the typical, um, uh, you know, something tuneful or, you know, just so many just variations of noise that you could create into something that then changed from being noise to being a rhythm and pattern and something cathartic or exhilarating from, you know, uh, I don't know, some kind of simple, um, uh, I don't know, basic element and you can just transform it infinitely. And I don't know, find that fascinating. Are there any, any, uh, any concepts or ways of thinking or, uh, thinking about, um, like space or contrast or stuff like that, uh, that you apply in painting and, and sort of work the same way when you're thinking about sound? Yeah, for sure. I th I think definitely like that's um that's a big part of it. I think maybe why I con connect with that mm. um part of the sound design part as well too. Um like the texture of a certain sound or um shifting the color of the sound through the tone yeah. um or the way it say I've had a fascination recently with making these sliding sounds and I'm just wanting to make these sort of sliding and blending tones that kind of shift and move around and just this, the, the action and the feel of them. I, I get excited even just talking about. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I relate to that a lot. Like I, Christina, I just, just say that Christina is a, is a, I relate to that like hundred percent. Like, like thinking of sound in terms of uh, textures and colors and 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 movements, this is this is exactly the way I, I see it, and that's why, as you say, it, like 
it's amazing to have these machines that uh, available that can actually do that. Like mm -hmm. you can actually paint a sound uh, if you're good enough technically and you know a bit, you know, a little bit of it. And even if you don't know exactly yeah, everything, maybe by accident you might. You know, like like someone who has uh, who has no clue, but like can will make a beautiful painting. You know that mm -hmm. that also is possible, which mm -hmm. is yeah, I think that's the, that's the and there's the challenge in it too. <laughs> it is a challenge as well yeah yeah but yeah and like especially you were talking about like textures and i think that's uh that's something uh that's something which is uh not enough researched actually because uh i remember when i started to make music like i, di I didn't have any money to buy synths or anything so i was uh basically just uh recording stuff because i only had a mic and a sampler so the sound source was uh, everything around so like what you call field recording or whatever but if i was not it was more than field recordings i was more like uh experiment in in uh, in textures and material mm. which is kind of like what you describe like what so okay what's the sound of ceramic or what's the sound of, of wood or how how do you you know if you scratch the surface you know and uh, that's very present in industrial music and and concrete music and uh, but in all type of uh, uh, related like uh, related like electronic related music kind of and uh, and and it's a fascinating uh, source actually like the physical world like because that's something we know mm. so when you do when you when you when you stretch it or when you when you try to replicate it, replicate it you know it becomes like a like this sort of like universe you like a pandora box you open and you think like oh i can see the world that way like actually mm. i can see the world in colors in textures mm. where actually maybe maybe uh you know when i mean it will sound kind of esoteric now but like if everything is vibration, that means like, you know, maybe sound and light isn't that far away. You yeah, know? I like, like that. Both, you know, I'm into that. They're both, they're both uh, vibrations, well. yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's, it's a fascinating subject. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say the world around you because that is really what it, that is. That is sort of like the default state on which, on which you build your alternative real reality you know you yeah. basically that's the point of departure and everything else that is not a natural sound um is basically i wouldn't say commentary but it's 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 uh, uh that's a, a version that could not arise from natural sources but still uh has the natural world as its context you know that's why it had it makes a certain impression on you or it, it speaks to you in a certain way I would say I spend more time on 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 contrast and and texture and uh, aesthetics uh, than melody or rhythms. You know, that's the stuff that I'm actually really interested in. You know, the relationship between the sounds. Um, you know, uh, the perception of it. Um, those are the things that are most fascinating to me, rather than you know melodies you can sing along or <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. For sure. Yeah, or how like, a certain sound makes you feel, whether, you know, 
gives a feeling of tension or calm mm. or, you know, there's so many different yeah. ways to manipulate your sound um, to create certain feelings. You don't need the lyrics. You can kind of do that with your sounds the same way. Mm. Do you have um, some kind of exclusive Orfex studio language? Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, like words you use that, that nobody else uses, but you know instantly uh, what you're talking about? Uh, we, we probably need an outside observer to, to tell us. That, yeah, no, <laughs> nobody talks like that. Who <laughs> actually says that? So you, probably um, already used them. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know I about you. We definitely but. have like little, I couldn't even tell you what we'd say or do, but there's definitely like when we're performing live because it's so loud, there's, you can't really have yeah. a, a conversation up there, but we often do need to communicate something like, let's move to this now or, you know, let's bring this down or, you know, cause we, we have sort of a structure loosely planned out and then we're improvising within that. So there's, there's definitely times we have to communicate. So it's, you know, just be like a hand signal or like, like the, you know, hand down, take this down or, or, up, you know, I'll say like the beginning of a track name, yeah. um, you know, or, so or get the what's that? Or get that the hell out of there. Yeah, that's how it's <laughs> <terrible. laughs> no, no, not that. Feel the right symbol. <laughs> and then you realize that you're the one making the sound. Like, you're like, what's that noise? And I'm like, oh, I'm that noise. <laughs> my, my mic's on. It's been feeding back for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's sometimes that that's interesting because some, sometimes you you um, uh, you're just jamming along, and whether it's by yourself or another person, you think, um, you know, oh man, this has been on for five minutes, and I didn't even realize it. Like some kind of feedback yeah. or something that has been part of the thing that you're listening yeah. to, but you just you just ignore the fact that it it was there. It's it's yeah. funny how that sounds sometimes work because you're focused in on something else and then you f completely forget about something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's embarrassing when it happens, but it, it doesn't it still does. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's part of the performance. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was it was uh, intentional. Yeah, yeah. You can always yeah, yeah. Say that. Well, I was gonna say that earlier when you were talking about kind of the the magic moments thing and and, and who who spots it. Um and I was thinking well there's Many times when, you know, I go back and listen to recording and I, that I thought was just sort of a not very notable jam or, or, a, or even a performance. And then you listen to the recording and you're like, oh, this is really great. This is something we can use or this is, mm. this is powerful. But at the time, I don't know, depending on where your, your head's at, you don't, you don't pick up on that as being particularly exciting or interesting yeah because maybe the radar wasn't there you, know, you, yeah. you, were, you weren't scanning for anything and and yeah. i mean i don't know about you guys it's interesting to hear from you guys but i always have the recording button on you know always when as soon as there's sound coming out of something uh yeah. you know the recorder is running or the, the the door is running to pick it up and yeah. um and it happens quite a lot you know that you are just uh you know, plugging things in and some machines are already kind of sort of spitting out sound and doing something. Yeah. Um, and, but the fact is you, while you were doing that, you were not really thinking about it, which is sometimes a very powerful moment because you were just, oh, okay, I'm just doing very intuitive, not even listening too closely to what's happening and just your mind is occupied with the system or the idea that you want to get into or something like that. And then, um, yeah, sometimes 
<laughs> the work is being done for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without ever realizing it, you know? Yeah. So are you always recording or are you recording? Try, try to, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good practice for sure. Because, um, yeah, there's definitely been moments where we've been doing stuff and then realizing, oh shit, that wasn't recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that anything from those moments has ever become like a massive record, you know, but it's mm -hmm. still. Uh, something you 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 can overlook if you if you're not there, and that's something that still might give you an idea for. Yeah, uh, exactly. It might not be used in recording, but it's like, oh, that produces interesting sound. I can try and recreate that. And, yeah, and, I'm, and I missed it at the time when I was doing it. Mm. What about you, um, David? Are you always recording? Yeah, no, I mean not always, but but like I try to record like longer sessions and like kind of jams and uh, and like say like something like between 10 and 20 minutes would be my uh, kind of the moment where I think, okay, I have enough material to make it, uh, around that patch or that idea to make it interesting. Sometimes it might be longer. It might be a 30 minute nonsense if it's really, if I really feel it. But, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it happens also sometimes where if, uh, if I don't record, you know, and I, I just jam and I, I forgot to press record and, you know, and then I, I think that, oh, oh, I should record that. But then I, I press record, but then the com because, it, the, the, because it's, comp it's linked to the, the modular is linked to the computer. When I press record, then it will reset. Kind oh, of shit, yeah. everything will, will be you out know? of time. And, shit and, like then, and then it will become in time again. Uh, and that's too boring again, you know. Yeah. When, whereas when you when you're noodling around for long, you know, sometimes you you start to have like these really nice shifting patterns and this kind of like offset kind of thing. And when every all the clocks come back to zero, then it's just like, oh, okay, oh, that's the starting point actually. So mm -hmm. it's true. Like I should then I think like oh, I should have started started to record before it was interesting. Mm. Uh, so that I get these magic moment and not trying to replicate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you just punch in while it's running. I mean, um, you don't yeah. have. You can just run the clock from your your door and then just leave it running and provide the clock. And once something interesting starts to happen, you can. Then, then yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I don't have this uh, this reflex. I think I'm just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. You, but that's that's a good idea, actually. I should. Well, I, you know, I the thing is, that I I've just fucked up so many times, you know, that there is always the this voice in the back of my head, like the engineer, the watching over the the the, the guy watching over the process kind yeah. of feeling, you know, that um, that make me do these things, you know. I I, I yeah. always make sure that the levels are right, you know. That's just a, yeah. just a second. It's, it's in the it's back really of my head. Idea, yeah. there, you know what I mean. Because That's very I, good practice, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's just something I uh, I, yeah. I kind of uh, learned to do because uh, because I made mistakes so many times by not yeah. doing it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing I mean, with live patching, you know, you 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 are patching, and sometimes you patch something mm -hmm. which is in some place of the cycle, and uh, it sort of latches onto whatever is going on, and then when you reset the clock, everything is fucked up. Everything is gone. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, the thing is now I have this, uh, this sort of uh, almost like this kind of rule that uh, I want to uh, to record with uh, the chain on. Like I have, a, I have this sort of uh, kind of 
uh, like channel uh, sort of like a channel routing with eq and a bit of limit limiter so that i don't do the work afterwards you know because and uh that allows me to not do any eq or compression afterwards so i try to stick to that practice and so to record with uh, the intention of recording with the eq in and uh and and have a like a strong uh incoming signal um, so that i have less work after that Mm -hmm. To try and, and fix that or something, you know, to, because otherwise, like I, I realize, like if I start to EQ something at the end, like that probably means it was shit anyway, you know. So, <laughs> it's, uh, so like, there's no need to try to save something where that was badly recorded. So I take care much more now that the way I record things in in the chain before, so that at the end I, I just. I, I do very little treatment afterwards, very little effect, very little compression in the in the box or in the or uh, in the mixing process. It's more about assembling. It's more like cooking at the end. It's just like oh, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, but but not. I'm not trying to save things because this, the incoming signal has to be good enough uh, from the start. So that's why I. Uh, that's why the moment where a punch in is a, it's a bit more. Um, uh, yeah, it's a bit more uh, like let's say it's it's an engagement because I need to have this intention of recording it. But like I still learn. Like I don't. I, but what you say, Johan, is is maybe a good idea to just have the 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 computer clock running and then punch in whenever it's maybe good. I'll try that. Yeah, I mean, two things can happen when you when you are experiencing a really nice moment that you want to record. Whether you know, one thing is that we just discussed. It's the it's the reset that can happen in your your analog chains or whatever, or it's the red button syndrome. Like, oh shit! Now it's recording. Now it should be good. now. It, it's gonna be good. <laughs> no, I, no, I need to do something, you know. And then but, you, uh, you get stiff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As maybe before you were just, you know, fucking around, and then the recording comes on, and you, and you yeah. try to do too much or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true for sure. And if it's recording all along, you know, you don't have that problem. Yeah. You, know? you mm -hmm. don't have the, the, the syndrome, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Just need a bigger hard drive. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you can always toss it. You can always just bin it afterward. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need. It, once it's recorded, it doesn't mean it's, it always has to stay there. It's just a. It's just a method of capturing things when they happen. You know. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, oh wow! I'm watching the clock. I know you have busy schedules. It's ten minutes left to <laughs> to ten. Uh, time flies, people. Um, let's let's um, let's see if there's um, anything. And uh, the people amongst any questions among the people who are watching on Twitch and, and YouTube, if uh, if you have any urgent questions or things to ask us, uh, maybe do it now. This is your chance. <laughs> um, what can we talk about in the meantime? Let's maybe see if there are. You were any asking about uh, collaborations earlier. Do you have um, do you have anything coming up yourself that you're particularly excited about it? 
Uh, well, I'm uh, the thing that is really exciting to me now is that I'm I'm collaborating with a different person every week. You know, we have these these yeah, Sunday, right. Sunday streams, and it's it's incredible right. how many people uh, uh, you know I've worked with, and some some of them for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, most of them actually, and um, um, yeah, that's just really exciting. You know, just starting something new every week and without uh, without a plan. Um, basically, the plan is just building a setup together and uh, usually if people come here as a guest they bring like a small arsenal of, of stuff they know and uh, and then they make additions of whatever they find on the shelves you know if there's if there's something they they would love to try out or something and then well, I listen to whatever they can do with that setup and I try to build something around it which complements it or can can you know um do interesting stuff uh, to accompany whatever they're coming coming up with, and and then it's just uh, making sure everything is clocked well and 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 the levels are good, and it's hit start and go. You know, yeah. that's a really exciting thing. And you know what what is very clear is that um, even though if you haven't met people uh, before or or haven't played with people before, there's always even with the first session some kind of uh, direction or common ground where you end up you know and it's just a wonderful feeling of um, uh, doing things on the fly and then just finding uh communicating that way with other people yeah. you know just really how, how long do you usually um do your sessions for i just thinking like sometimes i find um like we've had a lot of fun collaborations but sometimes there's like the first bit is kind of like a getting to know each other and a little bit of nervousness and like mm -hmm kind of figuring out how you work together. And especially if you're like collaborating with so many different people, um, like maybe you're kind of getting into it, but the people that you're, that are coming in are maybe a little nervous or I don't know how are you finding that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's the, well, the thing is that it, it is a performance for an audience, right? It's an internet yeah. audience. So, and, and uh, even though the people are not with you physically, you know, you are playing for other people and, and some people just uh, have their phone on the side, you know, watching all the the stuff going on. Um, uh, or, yeah, I mean, so you know, as much as the red button syndrome can be uh, something that works against you, it can also work for you because you know, you know, this is the time when we're playing and nobody wants to fuck up, you know, so you're doing yeah. something. Uh, so it's, it's trying to find the balance between going crazy and doing something that makes sense, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's, sort of movement between the two ends um, is the interesting part because some people are more free to let themselves go and, and just no good, don't give a fuck where they, where it ends up, you know, as long as it, it's fun to do. Mm -hmm. and, and those are often very interesting musically, you know, and other people are more sort of result driven and want to do something, you know, banging gotta, or gotta be something, good. Some, something coherent. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but there's everything in between, and and often in the same session. So you never know where it's going to end up, you know. And it's just a uh, for me, it's a really exciting. I mean, it's a it is a shitty time in one in one respect, but it's an, a very creative and and um, exciting time for me in in, in the other, um, you know, because of this. So it's um, yeah, it's very cool. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So did anybody? Ah, okay. Ken. Ken. <laughs> any gear you saw from nam 21 that you're interested about oh i i haven't actually watched 
watch that myself. I'm I'm sorted. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Nam that uh, where uh, Nam is this thing in LA, right? The the yeah. big uh, music thing, right? Yeah, with, uh, where yeah. All the factories are presenting their new releases. And I've then, I haven't seen anything, so I don't know. I don't watch it. It's not been on my radar. I'll probably. No. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, unknown artist UK. What do you want to play on your first show after the pandemic? Hearts of stuff experimental. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Warehouse just fucking slamming. Yeah. <laughs> Bleeding yeah. <years>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For days, just. Yeah, yeah. get it all out there. Yeah, I want to be on a on a sweaty Sunday evening at Bergen. Yes, yeah. it's sweaty, packed with people, really yeah. close, like. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really I really realized how much I missed it actually. You know, like your I remember like you know, sometimes before the pandemic and so on, like uh you remember this time when you would I mean I was never really jaded or anything, but like sometimes you would just, you know, sometimes feel a bit tired about things or you All think, flights like, or whatever, you yeah. know, and then now you're like just laughing at this thing because I uh, think <laughs> like I would I would do anything to yeah. to go back yeah. to or yeah. to this. Like it's uh, it also made I think it made us all realize because it's the same I guess for you and for a lot of people I've talked to that uh, how much it is important. It's it's not it's not even it's not only a a job or it's not only a party or it's not only fun it's just like it's it's life-changing it's life content it's uh it's uh it's it's a part of uh of of an equilibrium so it's uh it it is so so much more than uh what it is uh what it seems to be when 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 you hear you know what what politics uh, say about it or like how they treat it or something it's much more important than that amen or a lot of people yeah not only artists no, oh, I mean, no, no, no. no i've i've actually realized that more and more you know during uh, the, during this time and um i think you can you can find alternatives like uh like we do you know or playing collaborating with people being in the studio with people you know that's that's all really lots of fun but um i mean the energy and the social interaction that yeah. takes place in in a room full of people it's, and also the the fact that the music is blown out to such big proportions on yeah. a massive system it's a total physical in yeah. experience for everybody involved you know it's um it's almost tribal you know it's like a, like a common celebration a common uh, sorry celebration of life absolutely yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very, uh, very deep experience. And, and um, yeah, you don't realize when, when you're sort of on the, on the mad train of, uh, you know, of, of uh, yeah. the, the rush of life, basically. But, uh, you know, fast-moving life. But um, now uh, it's very apparent that the, this, especially the common experience is probably the, the, the one thing that is... You know, is missed the most. You know, the common feeling of uh, experiencing something together. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Loud. Yeah. Loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <With> very loud. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
Um, well, thanks, people. I really love uh, love this talk. It was really interesting. Really nice to to speak to you. Usually on the the last uh, few minutes, we give everybody the opportunity to um, to tell uh, the audience what they are working on, what they've got coming up, what they're doing now, and what we can expect. Where can people can find your music and stuff like you know stuff like this. So, um, David, anything you want to share with people? Um, I've been doing a lot of music uh, during the, the lockdown time. Actually, I uh, it was uh, surprisingly uh, uh, productive, you know. But uh, I'm not sure I want to release much things right now. Like to be honest, like I don't feel uh, so much uh, the attention there or the the momentum. But I keep collecting and I keep uh, doing. Uh, things so there will be stuff coming from me in uh probably at the like in the second half of this year let's say so i have a new ep coming out on figure uh, uh and then uh we preparing a new uh, record for, for with uh, neon chambers with james and uh um and then um I'm mixing right now the Sam's album with Barry Burns and Merlin Ettore. And um, uh, what do I, what else do I have? I have a. I'm still working on the on the next Condinary album, but uh, doing an album right now is a bit uh, like it's a bit of a crazy decision. So <laughs> but I, I I still work on it. Let's say, but there will be stuff uh, uh, coming in the next month okay cool thanks man um actually i just realized we even haven't even touched on talking about audiovisual stuff with uh with any of you which is a mm. part of uh, anyway maybe maybe a next time if, <laughs> if you yeah. something is really interesting uh, field as well but uh, um anyway yeah. thanks uh, thanks david yeah. for uh, for joining really enjoyed thanks having you thanks for inviting me <laughs> absolutely uh rich I saw you have done lots of re-releases recently in your Bandcamp. There's lots of archival stuff, which is amazing, by the way. Um, anything new coming up, or are you are you focusing on your archive? Work? Uh, there's there's some more archival stuff I'm working on right now, and and um, well, there's a project that Christy and I did back in the '90s called Antiform that was more a drone kind of based, Soviet France inspired. Uh, so we have a re-release of some of that material and then unfinished stuff from the project that um, we're now finishing. So it's almost like a new album of the old stuff. A rework. Pretty point. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then we're working on two Orphix albums. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Two. So, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. One, was, one that was supposed to be out last year, but... Um, it's not really the right timing. Yeah, we want people to, yeah, actually hear, hear it. it loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're working away on that one, and then we had another project that was based on a an on audiovisual performance. So we did, um, I guess, twenty nineteen. That was uh, using infrasound, like um, sound below twenty hertz. Um, so we're working on an album based on that material. So that's much less, uh, well, it's not dance floor focused. It's more of a, more of a, a listening kind of soundscape. Wow. Album. Yeah. So we have those two different 
two different ones that we're we're working away on. Can can that be listened to on any any uh, playback? Well, no, that's the challenge. It has to be able to. Uh, so, I mean, there'll be. You don't have to. You can. Yeah, there'll be just... music above 20 hertz, but yeah. if you want the below 20 hertz content, you need speakers that will reproduce it. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, it it will be like totally. You'll get the the sound and you know the overall feel for the album by listening on a regular set of speakers okay. you'll just kind of miss the bonus but interesting but do uh well now, now you got me triggered well <laughs> do the sounds that you can't hear actually contribute to the stuff in the upper levels as well in a in a sense or yeah. does it exist without it yeah uh, well the idea is you can listen without having that information Mm -hmm. um, there may be segments that are not like short segments that aren't audible unless you have the, <laughs> the speakers that can do it. Um, but we're still working that out because this was done all for a live context with the right system. So mm -hmm. now we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we put this in an, in an album context that still works? Wow. So, but so the, the lower sounds like the really low sounds, do they actually have nothing above that range or are they still kind of part of the sound in a different way or there's is there are they just cut both, off both so there's there's some stuff that that goes down into that range and then there's other stuff that that was like for the live show that was just working in that range like there were segments where it was only infrasound that's crazy <laughs> the whole like I really, want to listen. I really want to hear that in in this room i i, I can i can go pretty low so it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was great to have this uh, system to work in, and the space that we were in um, is like a designed, we were able to use um, space map as well, so the sounds kind of move around the room, so we design where individual sounds kind of moved in the space, so you had this, the, like the low infrasound, but then also these higher register sounds moving. Uh, was, that, was that used, uh, was, was, was that uh, produced by transducers and... Uh, or, or was that regular sub-speakers? Sub um, they're called VLF. Um, yeah. I think it was Meyer Sound. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, they provided the speakers to this, this performance space, okay. and then we were able to use them. And we believe that they're still in this performance space, so we really want to get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. Okay. Record them or something. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, uh, this is a whole other, uh, this is triggering a whole other <laughs> range of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you mentioned transducers. I've done uh, yeah. in the past some some work with uh, multi-channel audio um, in rooms where there actually were transducers, like yeah. 32 transducers, and they, they would just shake the floor under yeah. with on everything under 20 hertz or something. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. 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 yeah, I've done installations with those. That's why I ask. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the the really like me mechanical things, uh, yeah. items that you can uh, actually screw to any material. Yeah. So we use we use really thick pl play uh, like pieces of wood, like uh, uh, like wood panels, and uh, use them uh, as uh, as speakers. So they would be would be like uh, uh, producing like objects or surfaces, and then screw those uh, transducers on it so that they are just vibrating and producing this insane 
um, like below 20 hertz, like five hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where it gets really physical. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Actually, Richard, there is you don't necessarily need to go to a room like that to to work on music like that because there is a studio device which was originally originally designed for drummers. Oh, uh, the, 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 the kind of uh, the pack well, yeah, thing. The, yeah, the pack is not. I don't. I, I don't really like that. But uh, there is a thing called the butt kicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you screw it. It's got like a thousand watts amp, and and a and a device you screw under uh, under your 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 couch or your studio seat. Okay. And, and it, it's it's sort of like it's like, called a silent subwoofer. <laughs> right up the ass. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, drummers use it to to get the thump in there, in there you know, <laughs> they hit the bass drum. But it's it's actually a really good studio tool because it's I, I would expect it was too, it could be tuned so well, but it's really really accurate. And if, uh, right. Yeah, if you if you're working with it, I've got. I need one to get one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't used one mine for for a while because I've got a pretty decent sub, but um, um, it is actually something that feels strange for the first five minutes because your your chair is shaking yeah. and it's reproducing. Uh, uh, you know, like it's making it's not making sound, but it's still connected to the music somehow. And like it lasts about f a few minutes when your brain makes the connection, and you forget that you're you're mm. just having vibrations and you actually start hearing it as part of the music so yeah. it's um, so it's it's really like a like a sub but you yes it feel it feels weird it's like um um it's a really good addition to um a small uh, studio setup if you want nice. to have very clear picture of what's going on in the bottom in the very very bottom end okay. and there's a crossover point you can set it you know so you can put it right where the speakers start to stop sounding and yeah. and the, the thing takes over it's it's a really Really cool tool. Cool, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's another ten minutes. <laughs> Great. Sorry, I don't want to mess up your schedule for today. But uh, yeah. Christina, maybe one one last thing you want to tell people what you have coming up, maybe or your own stuff, or um, uh, where people can find your music, like. Yeah, I had started a new label last year, so Ecstasis. Uh, that's all just Orphix.com, though. Everything is okay. Is, oh, good. There, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Great. Awesome. Thank really you. Good to have you all on and um, all lovely people with amazing minds. Um, thanks for joining. Really had a good time. Yeah, super fun. Thank you for, Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, thanks to the people on YouTube and Twitch uh, for joining us. And um, I guess, uh, yeah, see you next week. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.